0: Hello, welcome to NC Asian American Ministries podcast. My name is Sammy Ju, your host. How do you know God loves you? Does he even love us? I mean, we've been in the pandemic for a long time. It's been more than two years. So lots of people died in this very difficult and challenging time. And we're not sure when this pandemic will be finished? Or what if we have another pandemic? What if we have another type of war? What if we have another problems happen in our life? And we we see these unceasing problems in our life. Does God even love us? How do we know God loves love us? I mean, in the Bible, it says God loves you, God loves you. And if you, even if you're not a believer, uh, you might know that there's someone who loves you, but it is very difficult to find that love for us. How do we know God loves you? Now today, I want to talk about this very important subject. In the scripture that we're gonna read today, we're gonna learn three big ways God loves us. The first one is unthinkable, unimaginable love. Second, unconditional love of God. And third, unreplaceable love of God. God's love is amazing. But many times we just don't feel it or we don't think about it. And the problem is we doubt about it, even though God loves us so much in those three ways. Well, there's more than three ways, but I want us to point out those three things uh, in today's passage. First John is an amazing book. It talks about God's love. And because of his love for us, we need to love each other. We need to love our brothers and sisters. But I want us to look at God's love for us. So let's look at 1 John chapter 4, verses 17, 7 through 12. Beloved, let's love one another. For love is from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, because God is love. By this, the love of God was revealed in us that God has sent His only Son into the world so that we may live through Him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God remains in us. And his love is perfected in us. Amen. This is God's word. Let's look at the first verse, verse seven. Beloved, let's love one another. For love is from God. It shows us about the source of love. I mean, love is a universal language, and everyone wants to love one another. And if you look at, if you watch a movie, or if you listen to a love song in the radio, they all talk about love. But is is that love really God's love? Is that love is really genuine, true love? Well, the Bible clearly says love is from God. So that we need to know this source of love is not from the TV or movie or radio, but it is really coming from the Lord. God is the source of love. And then it says, Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Wow. So the love is related to who we are in Christ Jesus. Everyone born of God, knows God. What does that mean? This person is a born-again Christian. If you're a Christian, you love. If you love, you are Christian. However, does that mean that love that you see in the Hollywood movie is a Christian love? That if I say, if someone says, I love you, that means that person is a Christian? Well, we need to be very careful. We need to look at further here. Look at verse 8. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. By this, Love of God was revealed in us. Now we see what kind of love this love is, which is from God. God's love is very different from love that you see in the movie, love that you listen to on the radio. God's love is threefold here in this passage. It is unimaginable, unimaginable love. It is unconditional love. And it is unreplaceable Love. So let's look at one by one. The first one is unimaginable love. Look at verse 9 again. By this, the love of God was revealed in us. That God said God has sent his only son into the world so that we may live through him. So it says God showed his love. How do we know? First, he sent his only son into the world so that we can live through Him. Now, what does that mean? That God has only one Son, but not just that, He sent His only one Son. For who? For us. Wow, this is really unimaginable love. Now, let's say you have eight children okay and you have too many children so you want when you go when you visit your neighbors or when you visit your re- relatives home you might jokingly say well i have too many children maybe you can have one of mine right but if kidnapper shows up in your home and take try to take away one of your ch- children you might say no don't you dare touch my children take me instead you want to you will want to protect all your eight children, right? Because everyone is so precious. Doesn't matter how many children you have, whether it's one or two, eight or 15, whatever. You do not want to lose any of them because you love all of them. Same as mine. I have four children and I would not send any of them because I love all of them. However, here, God sent his only son to where? To Harvard, to Hawaii, to a beautiful place? No. He sent his son to us. Now, what we who we are, we need to look at in a different angle. It's a similar passage, but in different perspective. In Romans chapter 5, 8, it says, God demonstrated his love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What does that mean? It means, connecting to today's verse, God sent His only Son for sinners. To sinners. We are sinners. Now, sinners are the enemies of God. So, in other words, God sent His only Son to for His enemy. Now, this is definitely unimaginable, even on unthinkable love. It is beyond our imagination. Well, maybe you can send, you might send your son or daughter to a boot camp or to a different country, but you have a purpose. You want your children to be better off and you still have some kind of expectation, even though it's a heartbreaking that you don't want to send your children, but you might see the better future ahead of them when they go there. But you do not want to send your children to your enemy, to your to kidnapper around. You don't want to send your children to the harsh place for the sake of um, that people, those bad people. But God did that. God sent His only son to enemy, the sinner, to us. And that is unimaginable love. But not just that we also see His unconditional love. Let's look at the passage again. It says, By this love of God was revealed us. God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. Verse 10, In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now, what does it say in verse 10? Not that we loved God, but that He loved us. So, it means that we did not love Him, but God loved us first. In other words, no matter what we did, even if we did not love Him, He first loved us. This is unconditional love. Now, love is transactional, right, in this world. I love you because you love me. That's pretty normal. We want to love each other, love one another. We don't want to be a one-sided love, right? However, in this passage, we see even if we did not love him, even if we did not care, for, care about him, even if we are not praying or reading the Bible or doing all the great works uh, for him, even if we didn't do anything for him, God first loved us. God first loved you no matter what you did in the past. That is God's unconditional love. So this is the amazing, amazing love of God. That in this first two parts, we already see that God's unimaginable love and His unconditional love. But also, His love is unreplaceable love. Nobody can replace His love. Nobody can, nobody can match up his love for us. So let's continue our study today. Look at verse 10 again. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And look at very carefully, sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Let me read this again. He sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins sins. Wow. In verse 9, we already saw that God sent His only Son, but in verse 10, we see more detail here. He sent His Son for what? To be the propitiation for our sins. Now, we see the difficult word right here. It says propitiation. What does that mean? Well, in the dictionary, we can see uh, two definitions of a, a propitiation. First one is appeasement, and the second one is atonement. Now, appeasement is to gain favor. Atonement is to gain forgiveness. Now, Jesus became propitiation for our sin means that Jesus became the appeasement to gain God's favor. Now, I already told you that we are sinners. And sinners before God cannot gain any favor from God. God hates sins, so our sins will never appease God. But only through Jesus Christ, through Jesus, we gain favor, not because we did something good, but because of what Jesus has done, that Jesus perfectly obeyed God the Father. So he gained the favor, and he gained the favor, he became the appeasement for us so that we can we can gain uh, the favor from God, but also Jesus is our atonement for our sins, and through Jesus we gain what we gain—forgiveness of our sins. Now let, let's just pause a little bit here. What is forgiveness? Now we think forgiveness too light, like, oh yeah, I love you, I forgive you, you did something. Uh, terrible last night or just two hours ago, but you know what? It's it's not a big deal. I'm a pretty generous person. I'm a pretty cool guy, cool go- uh, cool girl, so I will just forgive you. Is that the forgiveness it's talking about here? No, not at all. Now, the atonement here, it's much deeper, and e- we cannot even imagine how deep it is. Why? Because there are very important reasons. The atonement sin for us is so great because our sin is great. Our sin is so much greater, it's deeper, it's much bigger than it we can even think of. We need to know how serious our sin is. But the problem is, not many people know how serious their sin is. Everyone sin. you know, uh, yesterday I sinned and 10 years ago I sinned so everyone is sinning it's it's not a big deal however to god sin is serious let me give you why let me tell you why in genesis chapter 3 we see the first sin that adam and eve disobeyed god right but what was that disobedience did they kill someone did they do any sexual immorality or did they steal so much money not at all what they did what did they do they ate from a tree, this fruit. What's the big deal about it? I mean, like, oh, that's just nothing. I mean, we we gotta eat to survive. So, does that mean that every time we eat, we're sinning against God? But here's the very important truth that God forbade that fruit, eating from that eating the fruit from that tree. But they listened to Satan and they disobeyed God and they ate from that tree. So. Terrible things happen. You know, they hid from God, but they cannot hide from God because God knows everything. And they were trying to cover their sin, uh, their uh, shame, but they cannot because just a fig tree, fig leaves. But God gave them punishment that women will bear ch- children with pain. And then man should work all the days of his life with suffering and pain. But not just that, they are going to die. So death is their punishment. However, that's not the end. They are going to suffer eternal punishment in the fiery place called hell. Now, the important question is this. How many sins did they do to get that punishment? Only one sin. Only one little tiny sin. Now, you might think like, oh, God is not fair. I mean, it's just one sin, little sin, but the impact is too much. Just one sin is enough to, to be dead, to be killed, and to go to hell. Well, wow, that's too much. But you have to think about this as well. We can see it in our in our life. You know, one, one text, and one sleep, and one red li- red light can kill you. If you are driving, but you got text message from your friend, you want to you want to check it, you want to text back. But all of a sudden, you might be hit by another car and you can lose your life. And you, you are so tired and you know uh, you're just kind of uh, driving to your home, but you could not resist your uh, sleep. So you just slept like less than a second. but within that second, you know something terrible can happen to your car and you can lose your life. Now you didn't see your red light and just by mistake, just one mistake just past the red light, but there's a truck coming at you and you were hit by that truck and you lose—you can lose your life right there. I mean, just one text, one sleep, and one red light can kill you. And we all know that one little tiny virus that we can even see can kill so many people. So never underestimate the impact of one. The one sin is big enough, it's serious enough to to kill you, to take your life, and to lead you, to send you to hell. And that is the reality that we see. And it's more than, sin is more serious than virus. It's more serious than one text, one sleep, one red light. The sin is the disobedience to God. It separated, se- separated us from God forever and separated us from our loved ones. And it leads us to eternal fire, eternal hell. That is how much serious our sin is. Because sin is that serious, the real, harsh reality is we cannot save ourselves. We cannot forgive ourselves. We cannot earn favor from God. We cannot earn forgiveness from God because our sin is too much. Our sin is too serious. So that is what we need to know. Sin is big and we are weak. We cannot save Ourselves. So, where is the hope? So, we need someone who can forgive our sins. That's why God sent His Son, just like we saw in today's verse. God sent His Son with His unimaginable love, with His unconditional love. Even though, even while we were still sinners, Christ was sent and He died. For our sins. That is why Jesus came and died on the cross as appeasement to earn favor from God, as atonement, to earn forgiveness from God that we could not do, but Jesus did it because He is the Son of God and He's perfect. But He took our sins and He died on behalf of us in our Place and that is love. But you might see, oh, why did he have to die for me? Again, sin is serious. And Romans chapter 6 23 clearly says the wages of sin is death. So sin has a penalty, sin has uh, the payment. The payment must be paid to forgive that sin. There's no other way. That payment is what? Death. But if, when If you die, you, so you pay, but it is too late. You're still going to hell. So somebody has to pay. Somebody has to die for your sin. And that somebody is a powerful Lord Jesus Christ who died for you, who died for us. He had to die. There's no other option. He had to die because sin is that serious. But he is greater. He is more powerful that He conquered the death and He rose from the dead to give you and me the eternal life. So He paid the penalty. He paid the pen- payment for our sins. He died to sin. He was alive to God. Likewise, in Christ Jesus, we died to sin. We also live, made alive to God. What a wonderful love this is. This is why His love is unreplaceable love. There is no one can love like that. There is no one who can take away our sin. There is no one who can die for our sin. Only Christ Jesus, who was perfect, but took our sin and died on the cross, His love will never be replaceable. So His love is unreplaceable love. So we've been learning about three major things about God's love. God's love is unimaginable that He sent His only Son for sinners. And His love is unconditional. Even when we did not love Him, He first loved us. And His love is unreplaceable love. Our sin is so great, but His love is greater that He took our sin, He died on the cross, and He's the only one who died for us so that His love is unreplaceable love so are you still doubting about God's love when you see your loved ones are dying and you see still the world is in chaos and the world is a very different place than it used to be and then you don't really see the people who are loving who love you love you you feel lonely and you don't really feel God's love either remember this story Yes, world is tough. But God overcame. Jesus overcame the world. And his love is unimaginable, unconditional and unreplaceable love. So, imagine this that you love you receive this love. Then, what kind of life should you live? Now, some people think my sin is only $3. It's not a really big deal, and Jesus just paid for my three dollars uh, sin. But Netflix is like a two thousand dollars worth, and video game is like a ten thousand dollars worth, and people are focusing on spending their time on those type of things. They think that those Netflix and video games and all the amusement in the world love them, whereas Jesus loved them only three dollars. Again, your sin is much more serious than trillion dollars, and Jesus paid that much for you. You cannot pay it. Imagine, think, think that you are you have a debt more than trillion dollars. And if you don't pay back, you will die tomorrow. Of course, you have no way to do that. But Jesus paid it all. And he died for you. Now, will you say, oh, that's pretty good. You know, he just paid for my sins and I'm free. So I'm going to just enjoy my life. I'm going to watch Netflix. I'm going to play video game. Are you going to do that? No. Your life will be forever changed. Because of amazing, unimaginable, unconditional, unreplaceable love from Jesus Christ. So you will live differently. How differently are you going to live? The Bible uh, says in verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. See? God loves us so much. We just learned about that. So we also ought to, meaning it's not an option. We must love one another. This is the response to God's amazing, unimaginable, unconditional, unreplaceable love for us. In verse 12, it says, No one has ever seen God, of course, but if we love one another, God remains in us and his love is perfected in us. Yes, we cannot see God um 2000 years ago and even now we cannot see without with all the technology advancement we still cannot see God. But here is how you can feel. You can know God's presence with you. It says, if you love one another, God remains in us. He is in us. We can see the presence of God, and also His love is perfected in us. Now we can see, you know, compared to God's love, because it is a unreplaceable love, we cannot truly mimic or imitate God's love perfectly. However, our love, His love is being perfected in us. Notice that it doesn't say our love is perfected in us. It says His love. You know, we cannot love with our own power, with our own love, with our own Hollywood love. But it is His love is being perfected in us, so we can love perfectly. We can have perfect love for one another, and that's what we see in the Book of Acts and throughout the whole Bible, and that's we can see in our life together. You know, I'm sure that if you're a Christian, you are part of a church. When I see my church. My church is not perfect, just like your church is not perfect, but I see love. Love of Christ is being perfected, being practiced in our in our church. And I see whenever I see the love, I see the presence of God. This love is not a human kind, human made. Love, but this is God from this godly love because love is from God and God is love. So I can see the presence of God. I can see God through love that is being done at our church among Christians, brothers and sisters. So I want to challenge you, I want to invite you to know this love of God first, experience God, be filled with this love of God in this unlovable world. But And also, experience, practice, and exercise this love with other brothers and sisters so you can see God in it. You can see His presence in Him, presence of God among us through loving one another. 1 John's message is very clear. God loves you, so love one another. Again, God loves you, so love one another. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, we praise you for this wonderful and powerful message. Lord, many times we forget about how much you love us. But Father, please forgive us and please help us to remember how much love you have given us. Your unimaginable, your unconditional, and your unreplaceable love for us, so that we can also love one another for your name. We thank you, we praise you. In Jesus' holy name, I prayed. Amen.